0: Hey, what's up, Brian? Hey, what's up, Adam? How you much, doing, man? Not much. I'm good. How are you? Good, man. It's, it's been, been a while. while. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done one of these, so let's get back into the swing of things, all right? It's been, been too long, but we're back. We're back. Yep, we're back. All right. Welcome in, everyone. This is Two Cents Sports Talk. I'm your host, Adam and I'm here with my co-host, Brian Crum. What's going on? And uh, we're going to get into it. So now that the NFL season's two days away, about what it's just under 48 hours i believe as of right now so it's pretty exciting with falcons Eagles starting thursday we're going to talk about you know just you know football the entire podcast so to start off we want to talk about you know fantasy football and just overall things that we've gone through you know draft uh, strategies we've had in the past funny draft stories you know people who went in the, uh, high in the first round that you wouldn't expect typically or just you know sleepers and things like that and then overall give our strategy and just our overall thoughts on fantasy football. Then we're going to transition a little bit to uh, intriguing storylines that we really want to keep our eye on this year in uh, the NFL. So to start, let's start with uh, Brian, and then I just want to hear your your draft strategy overall, and then uh, just let the audience know.
1: Yeah. Well, Adam, I'm I'm not surprised that you're asking me for my draft strategy because uh, (laughs) you could probably be taking some notes right now on me. Me and Adam actually play in – the same league that we've been playing in for like eight years now, Adam, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. Since like uh sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, not, not one to brag, but mm-hmm. I have won three of those eight years. And one of the years was lucky though. I won by a half point against Cy. So I did have luck on my side there, but that being said, Um, this year for my we've already drafted so I don't have to worry about releasing any uh, insider information on on my team but I typically draft um, running backs first Um, I feel like that's a pretty pretty standard uh, standard approach but to talk about that more the reason why is because running backs produce the most points whatever league you're in um, if it's PPR, half PPR, or standard running backs are usually at the top of the board, um, even if it is a full PPR league. Uh, That being said, though, I draft based on tiers. So um, I consider, like, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, and Ezekiel Elliott to be in that top tier. And, Adam, I think you'd agree with that. Um, So once you get out of that top tier and it falls to, like, an Alvin Kamara – or a Saquon Barkley who's a little more iffy, that's whenever I and you're still in that top tier of wide receivers, I would <clears> jump <throat> over to the top tier of wide receivers and I would take an Antonio Brown or Julio Jones or an Odell Beckham Jr. Because at that point, you're in your second tier of running backs. I would go top in your first tier of wide receivers. So that's when I'd make the transition. <clears throat> so... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's just like a simplified approach. And then I also try to draft quarterbacks somewhat early just because they all, they truly put up the most points in fantasy. And at the end of the day, you've got so many slots to start in fantasy. And based on those, who's filling those slots, you have to get the most points. So I want to fill my quarterback and my running backs, the two positions that, uh, historically harness the most points i want to have the best players in those spots so that my team is producing the most points Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah i uh i agree with like almost everything you've said there you know what's big is getting the big four running backs you know or whoever that is you know back in the day it was chris johnson uh adrian peterson and arian foster you know Mm -hmm. those are the running backs you were trying to get now it's you know like brian said Gurley, bell johnson david johnson and uh Zeke Elliott and you want to get one of those guys you know for sure if you are if you're able to and then I mean Antonio Brown is another guy especially in a PPR league that I mean if you are a Steelers fan or you enjoy Antonio Brown and his charisma I wouldn't fault you, you know if it's like a point PPR to take him potentially even higher maybe even higher than like a Zeke just because he doesn't get as many passes as the others running backs do as well but I mean it's just another guy to consider you know you know you want to pick off of who you enjoy to like root for as well, because over the years we've had multiple players that we've picked and repicked just because you know it's just fun to root with them, root for them overall and stuff. So that's something that I would um also look into. But right now I think that uh you can't go wrong with any of the four running backs you know in whatever league you're in, and that's typically you know running backs drop off the fastest as well. You know, there's not receivers are tip uh, are pretty deep. You know, you have like a Doug Baldwin. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Larry Fitzgerald, you can get those in the third, fourth round of some leagues, and it's like, okay, well, I mean, I'll be happy with that. Larry's going to get you, at least he's been getting over 100 uh, receptions a year for multiple years in a row. T.Y. Hilton has luck back, and Doug Baldwin has been a touchdown machine for Russell Wilson, so you can get those players later on, but I mean, when you look at the running backs that are out there you know, in that area, maybe McCoy falls to the third round, I don't know in most drafts, but I mean, that's like that's about it. I mean, McCoy's the last, like, you know, decent running back I see going in some of these drafts, maybe like a McCaffrey and stuff, but I mean, he's a little uh, undersized. I mean, that, you don't want that as your number one running back. So that's something that, um, if you can avoid it, yeah. so that's something to keep an eye out on.
1: Yeah. I but I think, you know, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I just want to jump in right there. Adam, Cause I completely agree. Like, it, it's just like, uh, it's just like the the market, you know, these are like these players have mm-hmm. stock and, running backs, like you were saying after really like a LaShawn McCoy that you're talking about, maybe he's like considered a 10th or 12th best back. It drops Mm -hmm. off significantly because this league only has, you know, probably a third of the league actually has bell calc backs. And then after that Mm -hmm. it's committee um, for the backfield where they're splitting their time. There's not a full starting running back. So Mm -hmm. that being said, Um, there's only 12 backs really that you can draft and know that they're going to be the guy for that team. Whereas wide receivers, like you're saying, you can go down the list all the way down to like 30, 35 for those receivers and still get a quality guy like an Emmanuel Sanders, who's like a second wide receiver for the Broncos, who's on the field close to, uh, just the same amount as, uh, their number one in Demarius, uh, Thomas. Yeah. yeah, So, so that being said, there's, there's a higher value on the running back position because there's less, um, there's less abundance there, you know? So you've got to lock in those positions as quick as possible. And that's why um, at wide receiver, I, unless you're getting an Odell, a Julio Jones or a DeAndre Hopkins then I'm not going to be Mm -hmm. wasting a high draft pick on them because I know I can still get a quality wide receiver in the sixth or seventh round and I can't get a quality back then. And and that's what's different about this year as well. Quarterback is um, that the quarterback position appears to be pretty deep this year where there's probably like, I mean, you're looking at like Matt Ryan at like the fifteenth quarterback in some projected leagues. So
0: he was MVP like two years exactly. ago. Exactly. So. so
1: so quarterbacks are kind of deep this year too, where um unless you're getting like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or or uh Deshaun Watson, then you you might be more inclined to just hold off.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, something else I want to talk about strategy is, you know, if you're not able to get one of those top four running backs, like we were talking about, I would almost, you know, then strategize to go after the best at each position, Mm -hmm. you know, try to end up with an Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, one of those guys if you're able, which is, which would be huge for your team. And then, you know, if you're not satisfied with the running back, I wouldn't even reach on that, you know, typically I would just maybe even consider Gronk then. And then, like, a round or two later, go, like, Rodgers or Brady or someone that you – you know what I mean? Try to be at the best at every other position, you know? And then, like, look for some sleeper running backs in the later draft, you know? Some of the rookie guys who might come on later, something along those lines, you know? Because you don't want to, like, overreach and, you know, okay, I have to take, you know – someone I'm not comfortable taking in the second round because I just need to fill a spot or in the third round. Like, I would just keep going best player because there's so many valuable players early on that you just want to be able to hold on to. And if you can win at multiple positions, like quarterback, receiver, and tight end, and even defense potentially, you know, and you have weak running backs, I mean, you still have
1: advantages at other positions that will put up points. Exactly. So it's
0: just something to can think about, you know?
1: That's that's a great point, Em, because if you, if you are in one of those situations where – you're looking to take a weak running back at with the second round or something. The reason that you're in that situation is because a lot of the good running backs are off the board. So obviously that means someone has them. So you got to cross reference these teams and know, okay, they have that spot filled. So what spots don't they have filled and what spots are they going to need to be drafting so that I can beat them to that and have that advantage there? Because, Odds are, if they already had that running back spot filled, um, then you know they're not going to be in dire need of another running back like you are. So you got to jump ahead of them and get and lock in at a at another position like you're saying, Adam.
0: Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, you lived that, you know, earlier this year. You can talk about the trade you made with uh, Bruger and Ben and how you were able. You know, you you started off with like Dak Prescott and Marcus Mariota as your quarterbacks, who I think are you know they're they're legit starting quarterbacks but i'm not you know too high on them. i don't you know i have them towards like the 20 range you know overall and you were able to turn that into tom brady and matt ryan you know by doing the exact strategy you talked about so you can talk about that a little bit you yeah. know, keep it you know so short but like talk about the strategy and like how you went along to do such a thing you know like you just mentioned
1: yeah so like adam said um it, well just a little bit of a preface me and adam are in a league together and like I said, that league's been going on since sophomore year of high school. So that league living on through college and everything, we've had a, a few spots that have been a little flaky. And it got to the point where we actually – we trimmed the the fat, and now we only have a six-person league of the people who are actually, like, diehard fantasy players now. So it's kind of – this is our first year doing the only six people. It almost feels like cheating because we have so many good players on our team. But I just got to say that before – I go into this so you guys know why I'm talking about all these quality players, but there was a run on quarterbacks in our draft. So, um, and I realized that the the quarterbacks were pretty deep. So I was like, okay, I'll just wait. And I, I stocked up at the tight end position and I drafted Gronk. I drafted Kelsey and I even drafted Olsen um, to sit on my bench. So that being said um, the rest of the league, had their we have two quarterbacks and that start and the rest of the league had their two quarterbacks and some people and start drafting their their backup quarterback. I think they were just trying to screw me over, but I don't know. So <laughs> I used my tight ends as trade bait in a trade with uh with Noel um because Noel um he had Joku starting at tight end, which is fun. He's a Browns fan, but he needed a better tight end. So I I used uh, Olsen as like a side piece, um, traded Olsen. I traded Leonard Frenette. I traded Mike Evans, and I traded Dak Prescott. So all four of those, I converted into Todd Gurley and Matt Ryan. And then I, at the same time, I made another deal with Bruger, because my first pick was actually auto picked, And I have, a, I have a diehard rule of drafting the Steelers. And it drafted Le'Veon Bell. So I had to find a deal to ship him out off my team real quick. And Brueger was all on that because he's a top running back. So I shipped him out for Tom Brady and Melvin Gordon. So at the end of the day, I replaced my quarterbacks, like you said, Dak Prescott and Marcus Mariota with Tom Brady and Matt Ryan, previous two MVPs. And then I lost Le'Veon Bell and, uh, Le'Veon Bell and Leonard Fournette but really that was almost like a wash because it turned into Todd Gurley and and Melvin Gordon which I had a connection to last year because they were on my team anyways and I lost uh, Mike Evans which wasn't a big loss for me because I wanted to start Josh Gordon anyways because I'm a Browns fan and I lost Greg Olson who's sitting on my bench so yeah I mean <clears throat> just use those those positions that I I had high value in to, to leverage trades for positions I was lacking in.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, since we just, you know, went over that and I mean, that does cover what we were talking about. What's your strategy, I guess, you know, I guess a little bit more on, you know, typical trades that you try to make or trades that, you know, you've really won in the past and how, how did you end up, I guess, winning them, I and like, what was, you know, behind the scenes, and like, what makes sense whenever you're trying to make a deal? What do you look for, I guess, you know, for these people now, because now most people have already drafted, so mm-hmm. it, they're in the season to make trades. So let's hear a little bit of your insight on that.
1: Well, honestly, the draft is probably second favorite for me because a lot of the times you'll get guys you don't want. But my favorite part about fantasy is making the trades and doing the waiver wire mm-hmm. pickups, but for the trades, you got to, you got to be fast and active, I think. And you got to make trades at the beginning of the season, because at that point, you know, it's all based on player stock based on last year and what their, what their coaches are um, using them at in their, in their system. So um, no one really knows how a player is going to play out. So uh, I just look at other teams, see where they're lacking in a certain position and I try to offer them an upgrade at that position and then I try to use that upgrade at that position to upgrade one of my positions, obviously. And I try to do that so that I get end up with the best player in the trade though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean that's pretty much how it works overall. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Was that too too well, yeah, yeah, dumbed yeah. down? No, no, no it, it, yeah.
1: that's how it's well. Yeah,
0: right. I mean it is. A lot of
1: people, you know, the obvious trade is a two for one, but um, mm-hmm. if you've been playing fantasy for a while, you understand that two for one usually means that you're getting ripped off. Like, not ripped off, but you're losing the best talent. So, I try to look for two for ones that can offer an upgrade at two posi- two starting positions for them, mm-hmm. and there by giving them two valuable assets but only getting upgrading one starting position for myself because i feel like uh that second asset that i'm offering them is a is really a bench player for me but mm-hmm. that bench player could be a starting player on another team just based on how stacked i am in a certain position so i try to stack up yeah. one position so that i can make those deals
0: yeah yeah, well, yeah, my my thought process is very pretty similar to that. But I always, you know, whether it's in the draft or whether it's in free agency or it's um, it's through uh, through trades. I always like going after the big names. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've mm-hmm. talked about this before. Just because I'm always into the big name kind of guys, and I I've always said because big names are big names because they you know for a reason. You know, there's right. a reason for you know someone to be a huge name like. You know, it's not like Odell just had one amazing catch and now he's a big name. Oh, he's had multiple catches in a row like that and then he also, you know, that just put him on the map. You know and that was like, mm-hmm. okay, this guy's legit. But you know, he also kept repeating that and now he's like a, you know, in my opinion, he's I mean he's a top three receiver. I think he's oh, at yeah. two right now, but we'll see. You know, I'm I'm very high on him. So like just stuff like that though, you know, being consistent and having a big name like Antonio Brown's been amazing. I mean he's the best in the game, I think hands down receiver wise, his route running, his catching in traffic and stuff. But like if you can get a guy to a trade like that it's worth, you know, your second round pick, whether that be, you know, like a Mike Evans and then someone else for AB just because he's going to improve you and he can win you a week. You know, mm-hmm. if he gets two touchdowns and like 10 catches in the PPR league, he could almost carry your team. You know, if you can par- pair him with another player yeah. such as like one of the big four running backs we talked about. It's okay to have, you know, a little bit worse depth because I don't feel like depth matters as much in mm-hmm. fantasy as it does, you know, in in real football or anything like that, just because, If you can have a guy, you know, I mean, Bruger this year, he traded for a Bell from you, right? Mm -hmm. But he has Zeke on his team as well. I mean, those two guys, if they both get like 25 points or, you know, if they both get are able to get him, you know, 40%, 30% of what his total points are this year, you know, 40%, I would say, that's huge. You know, those guys can really carry you to a championship because no one's going to have better running backs than, you know – I mean, those are two top four guys, in my opinion. That's that's a high thing. And he also has Kareem Hunt, who's an, also a top 10 running back in my mind, more towards 10, you know. But still, like, that's something – if you can build and be the best at something in your on your team, whether that be, like, receiver, quarterback, or running back, you know, you want to be the best at something. And that's something to shoot for, for sure. So that's something I would also, you know, advise is if you're making trades, don't be afraid to just, you know, try to stockpile, like, a certain position, especially running back where the drop-off is so high you're able to pull that off and you lose a receiver or a few other positions that's okay like I don't even know who my tight end is it might be Kyle Rudolph or someone uh, you've got Jimmy Graham Adam. I know your team better Jimmy than Graham, you. okay <laughs> you might you might you might well, I feel pretty comfortable with my team though so that's why I'm not too worried about it right now but Jimmy Graham is uh yeah he's a serviceable tight end you know Aaron Rodgers lost Jordy Nelson his go-to target so I went with Jimmy Graham who has high upside and that's something else to look for It's high upside that's mm. why I dropped like Kareem Hunt last yep. year with my last pick, you just look for guys with high upside with potential. Like once Spencer Ware went down, that was before I, I drafted before Ware went down. But once he did, it was like, okay, this guy's legit after you saw him opening night against the Patriots, yeah. just things like that were high upside because especially later in the draft, I don't know if you if you guys haven't drafted yet later in the draft, you just want to take the high upside, Absolutely. big time players, you know, and you try to find the diamond in the rough. If you're able to do, to do so, that could really carry your team throughout the season, being able to draft someone that late in the uh that late but you don't want to get guys that are like you know calvin benjamin who's already known you know you know what you're going to get out Calvin benjamin he's a safer pick but he doesn't have that ceiling as maybe someone like a calvin ridley or someone you know especially if like Julio jones go down goes down calvin Ridley could really show out you know so it's just stuff like that you want to look at you know the ceiling versus just getting a consistent guy who's gonna be on your bench you know
1: yeah yeah and well that's also the thing adam you you brought that up how Later in the draft, that's when you you shoot your shot. And those guys are, you know, more often not than not going to be your bench guys. And I know by the end of the year, all my bench guys are pretty much not guys that I drafted. So because I'm playing the waiver wire. So you should be willing to make those or I am willing to make those risks with my with my later picks on on high-risk, high-reward guys like you're talking about, whether that be because they're young or they're big-name players coming off of injury or what, whatever, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I I'm, I made a risk on drafting um, Des Bryant real late, but I wouldn't consider it a big risk because mm-hmm. I, I'm a Browns fan. It was during the Browns talk, and we could have potentially signed him. And, you know, uh, I ended up dropping him for, for a running back. So mm-hmm. that in a, in a deeper league, I would have held on to him though. Like right now people would just keep dropping him, but he's going to get picked up later in the season and he's still going to be Des Bryant. So, you know, that's like, those are the players that I wouldn't shy away from having on your bench. So
0: no, no. And also like a Mark Ingram or someone like that who might be suspended mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I got him later. I think I got him later in the draft and like, he was a top 10 running back with, he was sixth in our league with Kamara being able to be third. So you have two top six players, you know, on the same team. Let's say he regresses a little bit and Kamara gets a few more touches. Maybe he's 10th, maybe he's like 12th. But I mean, he's also, for where, for the other running backs that were there, he's definitely high value other than missing the first four games. But if you have those spots filled or you're ready to take that risk and you don't have a running back potentially, if you can suck it up for four weeks and have your team and hope your team, you know, can pull off a two and two or three and one or one and three even, you know, adding in a Mark Ingram – just adds trade bait and it also adds, you know, it adds uh, explosiveness and higher upside than you would with, you know, someone else potentially. And I mean, Julian Edelman, there's always someone to spend it for the first mm-hmm. four games of the season. You know, it seemed to be, uh, yeah. that seems to follow it. Like Le'Veon Bell a few years ago fell to like the second round in some drafts, which is just almost absurd just because, you know, he's a top four running back. Yeah. But I mean, he fell in, a, you know, for, I think he spent it for three games. You just want to look for those players and sleepers as well. That's just – because the upside is so much higher than the other players around them. Other than missing the first four games, they'll be there for the playoffs and they'll be there for the majority of the season. That's what really matters.
1: Exactly, they'll be there when it counts. And <clears> it's like you said, Adam, that you got to use those high high profile players for trade bait, regardless of why they fell in the in the draft. If you're depending on your league, some people might you know just not have knowledge of some of the the deeper um, draft picks. So having a guy with a high profile that the average football fan knows when you throw him into a, into a trade talk, it's good because the other person is going to know right away Mm -hmm. that he, he knows that name. He recognizes it. It's a big name for a reason. And Mm -hmm. instead of throwing in a player that, you know, could be producing maybe better than that guy, but this person doesn't know anything about him and they have to research their name and stuff, you know? So Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not gonna be enticing in a trade.
0: Yeah, like let's put it this way if you still had uh Dez Bryant on your team right now and Kelvin Benjamin, and then Des Bryant signs with the Patriots, I'm gonna go with Des Bryant over Benjamin because I know what Benjamin's gonna give me, especially with the Bills, but I don't know what Brady and Dez are gonna give me, you know, or someone with an elite quarterback and Dez. Like he has that skill set. I mean he's a lot he can be a locker room cancer potentially and stuff, but he still has the athleticism and that potential where he could be a number one receiver in oh, the yeah. league and you know, maybe a number two, number three uh receiver in fantasy. So that's just something also to think about that you were talking about
1: with Dez. Oh, absolutely. Um that being said, um I just got I just got word. I'm I'm doing a fantasy draft in uh in twenty three <laughs> minutes at nine. And I just found yeah. out that I'm doing a, a co uh owned team with my roommate. Mm-hmm. And we have the first pick, so good news here. Good news okay. here. Yep. Yeah. So it sounds like a
0: Todd Gurley, then, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue that. That sounds like a pretty,
1: pretty safe pick. Yeah. So, so Adam, that I mean, <clears throat> I'd be considering Todd Gurley and uh, and Le'Veon Bell, top two backs. Okay. But like I said earlier, I have a personal rule: I cannot draft a Steelers player Mm -hmm. unless it's on auto draft so that that was not (laughs) on me but i traded them real quick so i just have that personal rule of never drafting a steelers player because i can't cheer for them i just i can't cheer for a steelers player whether that be in fantasy football or not you know so that's Mm -hmm. my big personal rule do you have any any personal rules because i i don't really know you're you're a fan of the players so well i'm kind of interested
0: I don't have a, a really personal rule other than, no. you know, draft the best player available. You know, like that's, <laughs> okay. you know, that's, that's, that's really where I am. You know, whether it's running back, receiver, quarterback, you know, I try to get the best player available. And that's nothing, nothing you know, too tied to anything, honestly. I mean, it's just okay. Okay. best player available. And then um, something I would say that a rule I try to live by in fantasy throughout, whether it's baseball, football, I mean, I don't really play basketball, but even if, if I did, um, you need the first trade to be a win. For your team because that can really set you back and just like you'll it's almost like investments you know if you like you know lose half your investment to start yeah then you will have to get like you have to double what you were doing before to get to where you are but if you you know
1: you're just getting yourself like, you, out of a hole
0: <clears throat> yeah rather than gaining 50 percent of you know and you almost you have to like times two it, mm-hmm. to get to where you wanted to be you know 50 percent increase so like it's just like stuff like that it's hard to get in a hole like last year I traded I think Carson Wentz and a multitude of other players to get Cam Newton because I thought that he would be a bigger upgrade and Carson Wentz ended up showing out until he was injured so you know that was a potential trade that could have been a disaster for me until Newton came on late but still like your first trade if you if you blow that then it, yeah. it could really affect you as well so you want to you feel comfortable f- with your first trade now injuries happen and if that happens that's okay I don't like, I also have the model good and aggressive beats great and passing you know I'm okay with being aggressive and figuring it out and if an injury happens that's out of your control but like you know potentially losing a trade or taking a risk and someone and just because you're hoping, I don't know. You just want to be you want to feel good about your first trade, I guess, is what I wanted to say. Yeah. I agree. I agree
1: yeah. man. Always make good yeah. trades. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well always. Always. Oh, what's most what, important trades are the first one. Yeah. What what's what's the most absurd fantasy pick you've ever seen? Just
0: Yeah. Uh or probably Thinking about the same one, but I would say uh, Tremaine Wilson. Oh,
1: that's the one I um, had in mind. Yeah. Senior,
0: junior year of high school for us. Tremaine Wilson drafted, I think, Tim Tebow, fourth overall when he was with the Jets as a backup. So, yeah. That was.
1: So, yeah, I, I drafted. That was very. I think the entire draft room was like, what? Well, the entire draft room celebrated because we all won. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, get, we got yeah. a better pick because of that. I mean, mm-hmm. I I drafted Josh Gordon higher than expected. I mean, I think he he's proven that he can be the number one wide receiver in this league if he's got his head on straight. But I drafted him because I'm I'm a fan of the Browns. I want to see him do well. So, I mean, that's a situation where I draft a guy because of I'm a fan. But right. I yeah I I think Tremaine is definitely. Uh, that's the pick that stands out the most to me of drafting someone absurdly high. I, I don't think T, I think TiVo was owned in like maybe 4% of the league at that time. And he was, drafted was... in the first round for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> uh... I can't really
1: think of any other ones that like really stuck out. The only other one that like I think of is uh, when Kelvin Benjamin was a rookie, I remember Ch- Chandler drafted him and he had high value. But he just got he got injured like I think it was like the next day or the next week, and yeah, and then that was just like that that was the downfall of Chandler's team, where he just had the injury bug, and everyone went on i r for him, so it wasn't a bad pick, <laughs> but it was just a memorable draft pick for me,
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: okay well, let's uh let's i think you said you had the draft at nine o'clock, correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's transition a little bit towards the NFL and get that uh, in a little bit and just intriguing storylines that we're going to go by. And uh, I think we can start off with the Khalil Mack trade, and that was the most recent overall, and then we can just move to something else from there. you know. But what were your initial thoughts and what are your thoughts now of Khalil Mack being traded for two first-round picks and a third-round pick from the Bears for, I think, a second-round pick and uh, Khalil Mack from the Raiders?
1: Initial thoughts, I was disappointed. Um because mm-hmm. me and you had talked off air and I I told you how, you know, the Raiders are one of the teams that I'm most excited to see how their season plays out with John Gruen at head coach and seeing what <clears> he can <throat> do with this offense, if he can revive uh, Derek Carr, who's a solid quarterback in this league, but had a down season. Amari Cooper is a phenomenal talent at wide receiver, but he had a down season last year. And then they have Marshawn Lynch, who's like 32, but, I think he's still got something in the tank and I, I'm a big beast mode fan. So I was excited to see what they could do. And then by them making this move, it's like, you know, I, I liked Khalil Mack a lot and now they were already a bad defense and then it just got worse. So it might be a, a good move down the line. Who knows? We can't tell until those draft picks are made, but it's definitely mm-hmm. a future building pick I mean there's no denying that that's an obvious one so I was disappointed because I wanted to see uh, the Raiders compete at their full potential this year
0: hmm yeah I've uh I've moved back and forth on this trade overall but I uh, I switched recently about what I think about it I uh, now I'm starting to think the Raiders made a mistake you know I was sort of in the middle of it, leading towards, you know, the bears because I like the aggressiveness and like getting the best player. Yeah. But now I think that the bears uh, completely stole this trade, you know? Uh, I mean, I think it's, I would, it's almost like a highway robbery in my eyes. <laughs> Other than the, that the fact that uh, the Raiders get the cap space, you know, mm-hmm. overall and like get two first round picks, which I, I would imagine the bears would have two top 10 picks for the Raiders to have the next two years, which is, you know, that's pretty good. That's good and all, but let's say, you know, they get the, the best potential for them is to get the number one overall pick and get Ed Oliver out of Houston. That's a huge upside player, but he's still not proven in the league yet. But he's a huge upside player. I absolutely loved his first bowl game he played. He's just he can win a game for you at least in college by himself, which is just so impressive. But you hope he turns into a Cleo Mack. exactly. You know what I mean? Like we we've seen the Browns trade back or get multiple first round picks and turn them into nothing. That's just that's high potential for the Raiders to do that. You know. And if you look back in the years with what the Raiders have drafted, it's been like Jamarcus Russell won overall. There's just been multiple players that were just like, okay. You know what I mean? Khalil Mack was the only one of them in the first round that was like, wow, this is really good. Because Derek Carr went in the second round of the same drafts with Khalil Mack. So, I mean, you let's say they get someone who's like maybe 80% Khalil Mack and then the other one's a bust, which is a high potential. Or like not, another one's just like, in my mind, like a Jabril Peppers, who just like is a starter in the league, but like just okay, in my
1: opinion. I mean, it might just, you Jabril? know,
0: might not be – yeah, I, I just think he's just all right.
1: Oh, oh, oh. I'm <clears> sorry. <throat> all right, you, you're you're talking about the Jabril Peppers from this game, right? Or from this yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking yeah. of Julius Peppers. I was going to say, Adam. No, no, no. no, no.
0: That's a, yeah, yeah. I'd be happy <laughs> no, 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 if I'm I just saying, you know, Julius
1: Peppers.
0: Yeah, but I'm just saying someone that like bad. that, you know what I mean, who's like... There you you, But like someone like that potentially, you know, who's a starter in this league or like, I mean, you can name almost anyone, but like who's a starter but like not really, you know, that elite player that you're looking for. I feel like The cap space, I mean, I know they're the poorest franchise in the NFL, but it's still something that you should have been able to get more for a franchise, a potential defensive player of the year kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like an Aaron Donald caliber, Vaughn Miller caliber kind of person. You know, it's just – I don't know. I know he's not showing up to camp and stuff, and it's Gruden's team, and he has 10 years to build it, which makes sense. And I'm okay with that because you want the locker room to buy and You can't just have distractions over your head and everything like that. Right. But it's just something that – you would love to draft a player – like Mac, you know, with the first-round pick from the Bears. That's what you want. If you don't get someone like Mac, then what happens? It's just – I don't know. So I think that that's – you know, the Bears went aggressive with it. You know, they're trying to protect Trubisky throughout the year, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to try to run the ball a lot, throw short passes, throw intermediate passes, and hope their defense can win games for them. And it's worked before. You remember when Rex Grossman went to the Super Bowl? With the Bears' defense, because it was stacked. Yeah. I mean, I think they're trying to rebuild that, you know. And if Trubisky turns out, if Trubisky turns out to be the quarterback that they believe he is, then okay, you know. If he's just like an average quarterback, like a Dak Prescott, that's all right too. Because with the defense, you can build like that like with Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack out there. I think that that's something that uh would be could be pretty special. Yeah. You know? So I I I uh I think that the Bears won this trade. Uh, almost easily now just because of how high of a player he is you know how high of a caliber he's like this is what we talked about you know with fantasy if you're able to get one of those top four running backs in a trade then and you're not giving up a whole lot for it go ahead and do that especially in the nfl like this he's a franchise cornerstone piece who can get to the quarterback and you have to face kirk cousins matthew stafford and aaron Rodgers. if you're not getting to the quarterback you're not beating those guys so that's something you know that's a big step for him. And I mean, I don't think the Bears were gonna find a Khalil Mack in the draft with those two first round picks. So I think that they won that trade handily. One more fun yeah. note about it though. Um we talked about this I think uh <clears throat> after the trade happened, but you know, in the past when the Raiders traded John Gruden to the Buccaneers, they traded the the Buccaneers gave up four first round picks and two second round picks, and the Bears only uh gave up two first round picks and a third. For Khalil Max, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. You know, fun fact, I guess.
1: I, yeah, I mean, you you told me that after the trade, and I didn't believe it. That's just absurd to me. Uh, I mean, I think that it shows it. My my thoughts on this trade is that it was somewhat of an ego uh, centric move by John Gruden, honestly, and I think that that, I mean, I don't think he meant to get less than. Uh, the Raiders got for him but I think it, it definitely goes to show something for him where he's saying <laughs> hey I'm more important to an organization than, than you are bud so uh, I'd gladly ship you out if your attitude's not here and mm-hmm. yeah I don't know that's kind of my thoughts on it but overall yeah, um, my thoughts on the trade though Adam I just want to Give a little more in-depth thought on it because I, I just always like mm-hmm. use a pro-con pro con list to easily break down a decision once it was made. So like the pros, I mean, for the Raiders, they get rid of a, an attitude of someone who's not bought it in. I guess, uh, unfortunately, that's a top tier talent, once in a generational talent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's building for the future. John Gruden's locked up for 10 years, so he's definitely in this for the long haul. Um, and now, like you said, they're not financially locked in because if they had if they paid Khalil Mack the money that uh, he got from the Bears, then moving forward with Derek Carr locked in, they between Derek Carr and Khalil Mack, that makes up one third of their salary. So it's kind of hard to build a franchise that's not already a competitive franchise or established franchise like the, like the Patriots um, being able to lock up one third of your salary cap around two players that haven't already brought you to the promised land. Um, And then their defense was already like their defense was in the bottom, the bottom five of the league. Like, Mm -hmm. with Khalil Mack on their roster. So their defense was terrible and they're paying this guy, you know, $150 million in a, in a contract to still have a terrible defense. I mean, it's not his fault. The defense is terrible. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to, to, you know, really think about if you're, if you're the one paying that check. So you've got to, I mean, remember that this is also a business. It's, It's not – you can't always tie the emotion to it. But that being said, the con is that they were already the worst, like, in the bottom five of the barrel with Khalil Mack, and now they definitely got worse. So that's a huge con. And then they lost a potential – like, this is a generational talent. Like you were saying, they hope that everyone else that they draft is three-quarters – or half of Khalil Mack, you know? And now yeah. they have to wait for those guys to develop. And Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, they're not getting any younger. I mean, they're not old players, but they're in their, like, what, fourth, fifth year now? So mm-hmm. I thought that they were entering that window to to win. And now they just set their timetable way back. I mean, they they have Jordy Nelson that they just acquired this offseason. I thought that that was, like, a move for uh, – a competitive move for a, you know, for a franchise to lock up a Jordan mm-hmm. Nelson. They have Marshawn Lynch, who's 32. So I feel like they're – it's just confusing because I thought that their window yeah. was now. And now yeah. they're they're setting back the clock. So those are the major cons. And, yeah, I mean, I think they lost the trade I mean, because they instantly – you can't say that the, they won the trade because – they instantly at this moment because they instantly downgraded their their team's talent you know so Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and one thing i want to say before we transition is that expectations really matter you know in life and just overall with sports and everything you know john gruden comes in and he gets paid a hundred million dollars over 10 years guess what you're expected to win you know you're expected to win each of those 10 years you get paid 10 million dollars and it's all guaranteed or whatever like that's I believe I, it may, it might not be, but like, mm-hmm. if it, even if it's like 60% guaranteed, that's six seasons, $10 million a year. You're expected to win. You know, let's put like the jets on, you know, on blast, but like, you know, and use them as an example, they have Sam Darnold. They're going to start a Monday for Monday night football and stuff, but they're going to grow. They're not expected to win right now. So if they, you know, if they, if they made a trade where they traded like, you know, potentially a Cleo Mac and they got those two first round picks, guess what they would probably do with them. They would draft like, you know, they would drop an offensive line or offensive weapons to help Darnold get set or whoever young quarterback would be, you know. that's That would make kind of sense because Khalil Mack's like 26, 27 years old or whatever, he's not in the time frame of, of like a Darnold who's 21. And by, you know, three years, four years from now, you're hoping Darnold's like 24, 25, and he's playing up at a higher level, and that's when you're going to be expected
1: yeah. to win, you know. And that's a, that's a good so, point, they, Adam, because that, that goes back to what I was saying about it's a business where you're paying – a lump sum of money to a player to still have a bad defense. So it goes both ways where what you're saying, you're paying a coach $10 million to have a rebuilding year. I mean, yes, he does have mm-hmm. to implement his system and it takes time to grow that. But I mean, mm-hmm. showing that and going back to what you said about paying uh, the the asking price of four first-round picks for a coach versus two first-round mm-hmm. picks for a player. Like at this point, who – who's more valuable to the organization, you know? So yeah, it, like when you're paying them that much money and you're putting that much value on them, you're, they're expected to do something with that. So exactly. What, what would you, do you think that there's a coach? Do you think John Garun was worth four first round draft picks? I'll start with that. Just simple. Yes or no.
0: I, uh, I looked it up and it, it was four, it was two first-round and two second-round picks. That was my bad okay. on that. Okay.
1: But, still uh, more so than I think Cleo a coach... Mack. No, 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 not not a coach. John oh, That's still more
0: than Cleo Mack. John Gruden. Right? That's still more than Cleo Mack, yes.
1: Do you think, think John Gruden's um, worth that? I,
0: if we use hindsight in that trade and they won the Super Bowl, then I would say yes. But, I mean, typically, you know, longevity as well. It ended up turning very poorly right after, you know, his first year there.
1: So At I, the moment of the trade. 'Cause we're assessing this this Khalil Mack trade right after it happened. Right at, yeah. Right after at the moment yeah, yeah, you're yeah, right, right. Right after that John Green trade, would you just yes or no? I don't think so. Would you I, I don't think that so. would you make that trade for any coach in the league at this moment?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's coaches that would make a trade for that. Um, I mean, I would I would start with Sean McVay because he's a young coach. You know, I think he's in his 30s. I think he's like 34, 35 with the Rams, and we saw him turn around after Jeff Fisher. I think Bill Belichick, even like five to ten years of Bill Belichick, he could get you to the promised land potentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's maybe a handful of coaches. I mean, I don't know Sean. But then then you get like Deshaun Payton, you know, or someone like that, and I, I maybe, you know, or yeah. Now would you make that I, would, I would you just,
1: make that deal for for Khalil Mack though? The two firsts and two seconds. Or what you have to factor in the money there. What um, what players are worth that? I'm just trying to gauge what, how yeah, yeah, yeah. how you value a coach over a player kind of thing. Because
0: yeah, yeah based on you.
1: that it's shown that coaches might be valued more than players but no no
0: I, see a clue a defensive player that one injury could be gone you know he could be gone and out for but i i and he has a huge impact on the game and stuff as well i mean you can't think injuries as much right now because you imagine them to be healthy i think that you know other than quarterbacks i would go almost coach you know an elite coach like uh sean McVay or uh bill belichick i would go them over you know almost any other position player other than like a franchise quarterback such as like tom brady big ben russell wilson yeah uh, carson wentz you know i feel like the quarterbacks quarterback position is just so valuable because they're able to like take over the game and like broaden your offense and if you have a good quarterback you should, we saw rogers when he was hurt last year they were pretty much the Cleveland Browns last year when they were facing yeah. the Browns. You know, they went to overtime. They're even teams, but when Rodgers there, they're a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you get rid of Mike McCarthy. Guess what? They're still a Super Bowl contender as long as Rodgers is healthy. So I go oh, quarterback more valuable than anything else. But
1: so um, you, yeah. I would, how would you rank it then? Quarterback, coach, or would you go quarterback, coach? Yeah, and then special, and then players after that. Just like.
0: And then yeah, then players after that. I mean, I wouldn't take
1: after that. It depends have, you know, on the player. Like it depends on it, running back and a middle linebacker could be, you know, well the, interchangeable. Yeah, I mean, they, but you're saying a quarterback yeah. always trumps all, and then a coach always oh, yeah. falls yeah, sure. in second after the quarterback because they're the game managers. Yeah. You know, the coaches mm-hmm. are the game managers off the field, um, and mm-hmm. then the quarterbacks, the game manager on the field. I mean, the ball is they literally dictate. The success of that team because the ball is touching their hand. It's going through them for every, every run, every pass play on offense. Mm-hmm. They are touching the ball and they're directly dictating the outcome. That being said, let me ask you this: What? Give it, give it to me yeah. quick. I've got thirty seconds until okay, we yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, let me ask you this: What would you do as a Cleveland Browns fan to get a Carson Wentz? What? What? kind of value do you think he would hold for the browns in the future or even like a deshaun watson well we had that because you we saw what that the texans chance. were without we ben. had the
1: chance of both of and so if I, were, I if I were the browns i would trade away my picks and i would yeah. throw that in the i would throw that opportunity in the trash yeah no i'm, I'm just, just kidding. kidding i'm just kidding at the time that those were made i honestly agreed with the the browns decision making i mean it didn't pan out for us but we didn't have mm-hmm. a quarterback or a system in place to, to grow a young quarterback talent like Carson Wentz. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, I would give my whole team for a Carson Wentz right now who's ready yeah. to play right now. Because, I mean, look at what Tom Brady does. It doesn't matter what wide receiver is in his system. They have a set system, mm-hmm. and they have an established <clears throat> quarterback in Tom Brady, and you can put anyone around him, and he'll make him look like a pro bowler. So – yeah. For an elite quarterback in his prime, I would give anything up. I, yeah. So I agree. I agree. Hey, it's okay. 9 o'clock. I, uh, I right. got the first pick. Taking Todd Gurley. Good luck with your draft. Going to the ship. Yep. But good talking to you, Adam. I'll see you later, man. All right, see ya. All right, yep. bye. Okay. Bye.